Okay, welcome Sam to No Excuses Real Inspiration with Scott Marshall. So, Thank you for having me. I appreciate ah, you're, it. Very, you're very welcome. So, um, just for our audience, where are you from? I am from San Jose, California. Um, it's in the San, San Francisco Bay Area. Fantastic. And what do you do for a living? Um, so I'm kind of, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle of changing jobs, but basically uh, I work at like a call center. So like I take calls and help people out and, and do cool things like that. I also work uh, security in a comedy club as my second job, which I like doing that a lot. Fantastic. And do you do any other hobbies? No, I mean, yeah, yes and no. I, I do podcasting. I do, uh, comedy is kind of a hobby, but you know, I, I enjoy doing that. That takes up a lot of my time and things like that. And um, I, uh, I watched wrestling last night for the first time in a while, so that was pretty fun. Fantastic. And what, what wrestling do you watch? Uh, I watch all uh, wrestling as much as I can get in. You know, last night I watched the Royal Rumble, uh, which was kind of fun. You know, I watch AEW. I try to watch GCW when I can. And, and just some cool, fun, uh, either classic stuff or obscure stuff on YouTube. No, fantastic. You know, um, I used to watch it when it was the Attitude Era. Yeah, that was a good time. That was a good time. It was. It certainly was. Um, okay, so we're going to go way back to your school years, Sam. So School years? Oh, no. School years, yeah. So Are you going to give me like a test or anything? Or? Nah, there's not going to be any tests okay. in this one. Right. <laughs> good. So what sort of activities were you involved in back then? Oh, man. I, you know what? I've been into wrestling since I was a kid. So I guess wrestling too, watching wrestling. Uh, since then uh, but as far as like other things when I was a kid going to school oh man I feel like a completely different person then than I was then than I am now um, but I don't really remember too much just playing and and toys I loved I loved toys I had wrestling action figures I had like the He-Man I had the Ninja Turtles you know all the action figures but I made them all wrestle you know they were all yeah, wrestling <laughs> um, you know books reading books and stuff I had yeah. you know, like books and whatever and riding bikes I remember this one time, uh, it was this neighborhood kids came over and we had a huge water fight with them. Uh, it was like our neighborhood versus their neighborhood. Yeah. And then we were running them off. So, you know, just getting into trouble, getting into hijinks. Nah, definitely. And obviously you mentioned wrestling. So that, yeah, that's, a big that sounds like, that, that's your main thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so growing up, um, you know, as a child, who was that one wrestler that... Uh, was your idol, you know, your role model? It was always Bret the Hitman Hart. Bret Hart was the coolest, uh, the way his hair would hang in his face. I have long hair, you know, and I let it hang down in my face sometimes because <laughs> of him, because he made it so cool. And the way he wore his jacket, like kind of off his shoulders a little bit, you know, he had a lot of swagger. But then when he came to the ring, uh, you know, he was the best wrestler, you know, the best technical wrestler. Yeah. And so he always, uh, he was cool, but he was also uh, cool in the ring too. Ah, fantastic. And you know, you mentioned um, earlier that you love wrestling. So do you still do it as a hobby? Uh, yeah, I watched it last night. I mean, I don't do it. I I watch it. But yeah, I watched it last night. Uh, the Royal Rumble was fun. It was cool. Who won? Uh, I, what was that? Who, who won the Royal Rumble? Uh, Brock Lesnar won. Oh, I don't wow. know who that is. You, if you want to ask who he is. He came Aye. around like early Ruthless Aggression era. But yeah, Brock Lesnar won the Royal Rumble. He lost his title in the, earlier in the show uh, because of Roman Reigns, and then he went in and he won the Royal Rumble, and now he's going to go after Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. 
kind of predictable, but you know, it was fun. <laughs> and then Ronda Rousey won the women's rumble. Wow. Yeah. So you're are you happy with all those victories last night? Yeah, for the most part, you know, <laughs> men's rumble was kind of lackluster. Uh, I feel like the women's rumble was a lot more fun. Uh, and Ronda came back. She was been gone for a year or two. I don't know. And uh, she came back kicking some ass. And she wasn't like before when she was there. She was like happy go lucky, uh, Roddy Piper schoolgirl. But now she's like Ronda in your face, kick your ass. Yeah. And I like her a lot better like that. Okay. And obviously you you said Brett the Hitman Hart was your idol back then. Yeah, he's yeah. my all-time favorite of all time. All, all-time favorite, right? So if That's you could if you could pick somebody from this era of wrestling, who would it be? Um, AJ Styles. Uh, I, I followed him. Uh, he was in WCW in 2000, and I, and I saw him then, and I was like, oh, man, that guy's going to be cool. And he's going to be good one day. And I followed him throughout TNA. Uh, he became a star in TNA, and then he went on to New Japan, and he finally made it yeah. to WWE. And uh, a few days ago, actually, was his sixth-year anniversary of debuting WWE. Wow. Um, yeah. And, you know, you mentioned your favorites there. So let, let's talk about the people you dislike on wrestling. Who's your worst? <laughs> who's your worst wrestlers ever? <laughs> if you um, pick maybe two. So I'm not so much into the kicking and punching guys. Like I like the technical wrestlers, the AJ Styles, the Brian Danielsons, the CM Punks, yeah. you know, the Bret Hart's, the Owen Hart's, Eddie Guerrero's. But like, there's guys that like the Undertaker and Kane, right? Their their characters are larger than life, and they're they're really big and they're really good. But like. All they do is they they punch and kick, you know, they choke some a little bit, whatever. And that's not really what I'm into. Um, so guys like that, the great Kali, uh, yeah. he was never a wrestler. He was just punch and kick guy. Um, like that, you know, for the most part. Just the guys that don't really wrestle, wrestle. The guys who go out there and just brawl, I guess. Yeah. But there's some brawls I do like. Okay. And if you could pick your favorite technical Wrestling move, what would that be? Um, there's there's a, quite a few. Um, I think though the way that Bret Hart would put the sharpshooter in was the best, one of the best moves ever. Um, there's a lot of people like staying in the rock, they do it very, very poorly. Uh, but Bret Hart, <laughs> the way he just he tied it in, he cinched it in. Uh, probably the sharpshooter is probably the, one of the greatest holds of all time. Ah, fantastic. And you know, going back to yeah, you know, childhood and, and growing up. Um, did you have any challenges for yourself? Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of challenges. Um, this is an inspiration podcast too. So yeah, that's that's good that you bring that up. Um, so my, my vision uh, has been a big challenge for me my, my entire life. Uh, so I've never, like my, my vision's always been very poor. And um like, like to, I cannot get my, I cannot get a driver's license in my entire life. Wow. Right. Wow. So I'm to the point where uh, I can't do certain things, but then also like, I'm not to the point where I'm handicapped. Yeah. And so I'm kind of stuck in this gray area where, um, you know, I, I don't get compensation for it, but I can't get a driver's license, you know? And so um, I got really good at taking the bus, you know, growing up in San Jose, yeah. there was a good bus system. Uh, I grew up, just taking the bus, even as an adult man, you know, in my thirties, going to work, taking the bus. Yeah. Because that's, that's how I've always had to deal with my life, you know? Um, and my wife, my wife and I, we, you know, we got a car, uh, 
we've been together since 2010. We got a car about 2015. So for five years, we didn't even have a car. And so we were just taking the bus, you know, take the bus to take the kids to school, whatever. Um, And then in 2015, we got a car. And so life became a little easier for us uh, in the sense to where, you know, like it doesn't take all day to go to Starbucks and get a coffee. You know, we can go and come back in 20 minutes if we really need to. Um, stuff like that. And, you know, it's not walking to the bus stop, waiting for the bus. But um, for me, you know, I'm still taking the bus to work after that, you know. Yeah. And then we moved to Tracy here. We live in Tracy, California now. And there is no, like, there's a bus system, but it's not very good. It's not a very good bus system because it's a small area. Yeah. Um, so now I have to get to work every day. Um, and I've been going to Pleasanton. I work in Pleasanton, which is, my work is... Um, 30 miles from my house it's 30 miles from my house and uh so my wife drives me to work and so she goes she drives me because i don't i don't drive she'll drive 30 miles to work and 30 miles back home and that's 60 miles and then later on in the evening she'll drive 30 miles to go pick me up and 30 miles back and that's another 60 so that's 120 miles a day um that we've been putting on our car recently the last three years since i've been working there um, but I'm about to start an at-home, a work-from-home job, so I'm super excited about that. Ah, fantastic, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then the office, once we go back into work, the office is in my city, so it won't be very far. Nah, uh, and I went from all the way from my eyes to that. But, like, that is that has been a challenge my entire life, really, um, is just getting, getting through life, uh, not being able to see very well. Uh, yeah. When I was in school, you know, I was uh, teased and made fun of a lot because of my glasses. And um, they put me in the front row. But I still couldn't see the board, and mm-hmm. I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't. I didn't talk about it. I didn't bring it up because any special treatment, you know, got me teased or whatever more. And at the time, I was so insecure that like I'd rather not see and not get the education than than be teased about you know needing to be even closer than the front row. Yeah. Um, so I, I, you know, um, when I was in elementary school, they put me in like a vision impaired program. Yeah, and uh, I'm kind of all over the place. Sorry, I'm just not so good. Yeah, when I was in elementary school, uh, they put me in the vision impaired program, and that really, um, I feel like it got my education off to a rough start because I was in a regular class, but I also had this vision impaired program, and in the vision impaired program, um, it was kind of like a you know we could do whatever we want. We had big textbooks, we had these magnifying things. Um, like we had like just all kinds of cool like eye technology. I don't know, this is in the 80s, so it wasn't that you know great, but we had like movies, like it was just whatever we wanted to do in that time. And I, uh, as a child, could just go there anytime I wanted. I just told my teacher, Hey, I'm going to, going to the place, I gotta go there. And there was no <laughs> questions asked. So I spent a lot more time uh, in elementary school just doing whatever I wanted, uh, as opposed to like getting a, a stable, structured education. Yeah. And um, because I couldn't see the board a lot, that really, you know, brought me back, brought me down a little bit. And so I just didn't want to be there, I guess. Yeah. And so I could just escape. I just had this way to just escape. And I would go there and, you know, we would look at things in large and we'd read these, you know, big textbooks. We'd watch movies on, you know, whatever we wanted to do there. There's I had friends there. They were doing the same thing. And then I went to I went to middle school and a middle school, which was junior high, you know, six, seven, eight um grade this vision impaired program it didn't exist right and so 
I have all these different classes. I have this schedule just, just because when you're in elementary school, you're stick to one class all day. But then when you go to junior high, you're in, you know, five or six different classes a day. And so what, what they did was they put me in a learning disability class. And I, I was, so, I was so dumb because what I did was I just, I worked to my full, my full potential. And so, um, I didn't have a learning disability. I did not have a learning disability. Um, and I was in a bunch of, I was in a class with a bunch of kids that did. And like nothing, nothing to them, right? Nothing about them. Like I was friends with them. But yeah. what I'm saying, it was, it was just, it was just this weird place where when it came time for the spelling, um, spelling words, there was two books. There was a red book and there was a gold book, right? And the teacher would literally be like, class, your word is this. Sam, your word is this. Wow. Right. And so it got to the point where um, I was excelling. I was doing really well. And I was, you know, because the it was, I don't want to say like dumbed down, but like it was less, it was less hard, I guess, than 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 what the standard was. And so I was really excelling in that class. And then the teacher pulled me aside and she talked to my parents and she's like, you don't belong in this class. I'm going to arrange the school to put you in regular classes. And um, it was a couple of months into the school year, you know, it was, it wasn't like at the beginning of the year, it was a couple of months in the school year and she put me in regular classes and I, you know, became a regular student and I just, it was hard. It was hard to catch up. And I think, um, I was kind of in a downward spiral since then, and it was really, really just difficult for me, and I was overwhelmed all the time, and um, yeah, it was just, it was just a rough, it was just a rough uh, from then on out, you know, with my vision, I didn't want to be closer to people, you know, closer than the front row, and, and it was, you know, I had the glasses, and people made fun of me a lot, it was just, it was a rough go, you know, it was definitely a rough go. Yeah, and, you know, obviously, you mentioned earlier, um, comedy, you know, the comedy circuit. So how, how did, how did you get involved with that? So, uh, so speaking of middle school, uh, the, the person that I'm married to, I went to middle school with her okay. and, um, yeah, so it's so weird. Uh, and so, uh, comedy was always something that I've always wanted to do. I've always wanted to do comedy. Like, um, so when I was a kid, I was very insecure. I, you know, I got made fun of a lot. I didn't want to do anything weird or different. I didn't want to cause attention to myself to make, make fun of, like, I remember my friends were like putting sun in it, sun in, in their hair, which is a spray that, that the sun, you know, lightens your hair or whatever. Yeah. And I did not want to do it because I did not want anything different about me. I did not want to be a target. I did not want to make fun of, I was very insecure, um, throughout my middle school and my high school years. And I just, I, I feel like in my 20s, somehow, I don't know what changed, but I really started coming out of my shell. Okay. And I was, I was, I was funny as a child, right? But then there was a period where I just kind of just, I put a shell on and I, would just, I just feel like I'm not that person, you know? Yeah. And so I started coming out of my shell in my 20s and I was just, I was really funny. Like the things I just say, like just conversationally funny. Um, 
you know, like uh, out in just public, just talking to people, whatever. I always make people laugh. Even people who weren't even, who didn't even know me, who weren't in the same conversations, they yeah. were staying next to me. They would just like laugh, you know? And I just, I really like that. I really like making people laugh. And then, um, you know, I, I had a few people go, you know, you're really quick-witted. You're very quick-witted. And uh, and then I, I, I discovered Mitch Hedberg. Um, Mitch Hedberg is a comedian and he is so funny. He's my favorite comedian of all time. Uh, his his jokes were they were like one-liners yeah and so that's my style now right so I write like one-liner jokes and um, he was my inspiration and I heard him and I said I have to do this I have to do comedy I have to do it and then there's a but there's a there's a disconnect right because you go I'm in my bedroom listening to a cd how do I get from here on a stage you know I'm watching showtime now how do I get on that stage you know, I'm watching HBO. How do I get on that stage? And uh, you don't know unless you're in there or that unless you're in the know that there's open mics and then you go to bars and, and you can do this stuff. I had no idea. And so I find uh, some old people from middle school and one of them was my current, my, who's my wife now. And I met, sent her a message and I was like, hey, how you been? You know, whatever. And she messaged me back and she's like, oh, this, this. I do stand-up comedy, this and that, and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what, you do stand-up comedy? And so I started, so she invited me to come to the open mic. And so I started going to the open mic and hanging out there and just around all these local amateur comedians. And it was just, it was amazing. It was incredible. And she was kind of a wallflower because she would come, she would do her set, and then she would leave. I would stay till they're closing down the bar and talk to all the comedians because now because at this point like i'm very um like i'm a people person i can talk to anybody yeah. you know since i've come out of my show uh I'm, I'm much older than my 20s now and so i've 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 become that person and so i can talk to people all the time now and so i talked to all the comedians i made friends with all the comics and everything and then she would leave and then i would just stay there and hang out with the, with the comics and then she started staying and then so i kind of got her um hanging out with the comics and making friends with the community and things like that. And then uh, we, we, so we started hanging out in March of 2010. We became a couple in July of 2010. And then we, um, I started doing comedy in September of 2010. Wow. Yeah. That's good, man. So that's what I'm saying. Well over 10 years, 11 years now. Yeah. I mean, we, I stopped for a few years. Um, I stopped for about three, maybe four years. Yeah. And then we got back into it in 2019. No, good. Um, Actually, you know, a couple of years ago, I had this same mindset as you. I woke up one day and I was like, yeah, I need to go and try stand-up comedy. Um, And I went to a a class um, here in Glasgow, um, how to structure your material. Um, You know, I'd never done public speaking really before. Done the course and then I've done a couple of gigs. I think I've done 13 gigs. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, but, you know, I enjoyed it. But, you know, sometimes with my job and me just, try, I try to do a it's lot. Hard. It, it really is hard to do it, you know. It doesn't pay and you got to stay out yeah. late. You got to buy drinks. And it's just, there's a lot of factors why it's hard to do it. It's so much easier to not do it. That's why I didn't do it for, you know, three, four yeah. years. Yeah. It's so much easier not to do it. Uh, you just got, you got to want, you know, if you're going to do it, you just got to have this desire to just get out there and do it because it's really easy to not do it. No, nah, definitely. You know, who, who knows in the future, I may, I may go back to it. I'm only 31. 
And cool. so, yeah, you're still young. See, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be 41 uh, in a couple of months. Here. Yeah. So, uh, so, uh, so, so one, one thing that people always ask me is like advice you want to give to people that are trying to get into comedy or, you know, people that are just barely doing comedy, uh, the advice you would give them. And uh, I always say the same thing. My advice to a new comedian is, uh, you're going to want to quit a thousand times. Don't do it. <laughs> okay. So so let's talk about, you know, obviously you contacted your wife, um, you know, back in 2010. You went down to the open mic. So let's talk about your first show. How were you feeling? Was it? I was, feeling, uh, I was feeling so terrified. I still <laughs> feel terrified sometimes. Uh, so, so, one of the things, because I, I was going to do it, right? But I didn't do it. And one of the things that really uh, helped me was uh, one of my one of my coworkers was like, when are you going to do it? You know, a lot of my coworkers were like, when are you going to do it? I'm like, I don't know. I'm so scared, you know? And um, there's a famous quarter, uh, not a famous quarterback. There's a famous wide receiver uh, from the Oakland Raiders who boo Oakland Raiders, by the way. Um, but there's a, there's a receiver on there. And my friend who he's in sports medicine now, because that's what he was studying. And so he's in really into sports. And he said, uh, Tim Brown uh, from, the, from the Raiders said, you know, I have butterflies every time I step on the field. And the day that I don't have butterflies, the day I retire from, from the game. And that's kind of, you know what, like, I'm so scared to go on stage, but that's kind of what I'm supposed to feel. Yeah. And so I, that's, you know, I, I did it, you know, I yeah. did it. And, you know, over the years, you know, how many gigs would you say that you've probably done? Oh, so many. I've done comedy. So I mean, there was a time in my life where I was doing two, three, four times a night. Wow. You know, um, so many. I don't know. I don't even know where to even begin counting. Okay. And what's your biggest audience you've you've performed to? So probably uh, in 2011. Okay, so this is a long time ago. Uh, but I was at the San Jose Improv and it was sold out. Uh, so it was like 510, 20 people. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Fantastic. And yeah, it was, it was incredible. And to date, what's your longest set? Um, well, my longest set that I've done was on Zoom. Okay. Uh, 20 minutes. That's all right. And you know what? It's a lot easier to do it online because I can put my, my, my jokes on the screen. I can put a timer right below me. And yeah. so I'm able to like, cause when you're doing comedy, like one of the hardest things is to remember all your jokes, especially if you're doing a long, a long yeah. set, you know? Um, and then also timing, like oh, how much time have I done? How much time yeah. do I have? You know, you, you just, it, it's really hard. Great. And so when I do it online, I can put a little notepad next to the screen that has my jokes and I can put a little timer at the bottom of the screen. So I can just kind of glance down and look and see how much time I've done. No, I get, um, obviously cause I don't know how it works in the US, but in Glasgow, for sure, in Scotland, you know, they, they put a timer on and then if you go over your time, they cut the mic off and then they put the light out and you. <laughs> so they put the light off and they don't they don't cut you off. Uh, there's some places that do like there's not the mic that I go to uh, where they cut you off and it's, and it's really funny. You know, they, they make it kind of funny. Um, but like, no, for the most part, they don't really cut you off here. They give you the light. And yeah. then, uh, like, I host shows. I host shows at a, at a comedy club. And no, they're hypothetical comedy shows. Oops, sorry, I bumped the mic. They're hypothetical comedy. And uh, there are shows, you know, I, so I promote, produce, host, whatever. And so sometimes people will go over and I just, there's a light and I just turn the light on and I just, 
I'd flash it a little bit and just come on, come on. Uh, but I would never uh, interrupt anybody. I think that's okay. crazy. And obviously, you know, the, the pandemic um, happened. But are you back in, yeah. um, you know, uh, in comedy clubs again or are you still online? Uh, yes and no. So I'm so when the pandemic first hit, so let me go back a little further. Yeah, so we yeah, did do sure. comedy, like I said, for a couple of years, you know, and um, 2019, 2019, uh, my wife, Athena, and I got married. We've been together since 2010. We got married in 2019 and uh, we decided, you know what? It's time. Let's do let's go back on stage. You know, and the first time we went back on stage was July 22nd, 2019. And we did two mics that night. You know, we did two spots. Yeah. The first night back in, which was pretty, pretty cool. And so we started doing comedy in July. And, um, you know, we were back on the scene and we, we decided, you know, we're, we're, we're basically starting all over. You know, we're just going to just see what we can do. We're going to see if we can get booked. And then by the time 2020 hit, we were getting booked. We we're getting booked like, you know, all kinds of places, all kinds of shows. And then the, the pandemic the pandemic yeah. happened. And so I, I don't think if I was not doing comedy, I would do comedy online. Like if at that point, if I was not back in comedy, I would probably not start doing it online. Yeah. You know, okay. uh, because I had the momentum going. I was having a good time with it. I was, I was feeling that hunger again. And I'm like, you know what? If online is all we got, let's do online. And so we just started doing online. We started doing, I have an open mic. Uh, my wife and I have an open mic that's been online since May of 2020. And it's still going. Now good. Um, yeah, it's still going every Friday. You know, not every Friday, but yeah. most, like most every Friday. There's a few times we didn't do it, but most every Friday it happens. And uh, we've been doing that and it's really fun. And when I'm not there, she hosts it and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it was my mic. Now it's our mic because she hosts I it too. I like, um, I like that. It's been going for almost two years. It's been going for almost two years. It's on, on Zoom. It's on our group, Hypothetical Comedy Network on Facebook. Uh, we do showcases. We're doing a showcase coming up on February 5th. We're going to do Hypothetical Comedy Showcase featuring some really good talent from all over the country. One even from Canada, so all over the world, you yeah. know. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's a lot of stuff we're doing online. Um, so I, I have a comedy club that I do shows at um, here, here locally. Uh, we did a big show in July of 2021. Uh, we, had a, we had a good time, a good portion of time uh, between the summer of 2021 and the end of the year where COVID wasn't really a thing. It wasn't really, you know, yeah. um, a worrisome thing. It wasn't really terrible. You know, it's kind of a lull in, in the COVID. Yeah. And so we did a really big show in July and we got like 50 people there and it was really fun. And it was our show. It was our two year anniversary show of hypothetical comedy. And then um, two, cause we got back into comedy in July of 2019. So our two anniversary was shows in July of 2021. And so that was super fun. That was super fun. And then in October we went up uh, to Eureka and we did the Savage Henry Comedy Festival. There was like 150 comics. There was like 20 venues. It was like three days, three or four days of just nonstop comedy everywhere. And it was so much fun. And I did three sets, I think maybe four sets over the weekend. And it was so much fun. It was so much fun. And um, so then we had a show coming up uh, in January. Like we were going to do another show, our show in January. And that got canceled uh, because of COVID. Yeah. Because 
this year, this year, COVID, the Omicron thing, right? It came back really strong and a lot of people are getting it. A lot of people online are getting it. And um, it, it's kind of making the numbers go down in some places. And so the comedy club said, hey, you know what? People aren't really, last week they didn't really come out. We don't really want another week where people aren't gonna come out. We're just gonna cancel the shows this week and see what we can, you know, do them in the future, whatever. And my show happened to be the week that they canceled. But, you know, I it happens, I guess. I'd rather have a canceled show than a 12-person audience. Oh, definitely. And So, yes and no, we're doing comedy. To answer your question, we are doing comedy online, and we are kind of still going out, but not so much. So we're, we kind of have one foot in, one foot out. Okay. And you mentioned you, you started doing the comedy, you know, during the pandemic. But mm-hmm. for yourself and your wife, how did you just cope with the pandemic personally? It was it was tough. It was really tough at first, but it also wasn't because I'm a homebody, you know, like my the two things I want to do is do comedy and stay home. Yeah. And I was able to do both of those things, you know. Uh, I'm, I'm lazy. I don't want to go out. I don't want to <laughs> guess, you know. And then when when it first happened, our work, my 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 job that you know is yeah, thirty yeah. miles away. It uh, we were doing half days. And it was really cool. We were working 20 hours a week and I loved it. You know, I loved it. Um, yeah. And then uh, we made a lot of friends. So it was, it was terrible. It was terrible. You know, uh, a lot of people died. Um, everything got shut down. Businesses went out of business. A lot of comedy clubs were running Dangerfield comedy club went out of business uh, in New York. You know, a few places went under, um, but I, I had a good time with it. I did my best with it. I never got it luckily for me um they say that cannabis cannabis smokers aren't likely to get it uh because the there's there's a something in cannabis that uh that that blocks it or, or something like that i saw i was reading a science scientific whatever about that so that's kind of neat i don't know if that's true or not but i'll, I'll take it uh, <laughs> so yeah we never got it um and uh just doing our best you know our cat liked it because we had spent a lot more time at home with her yeah and um yeah she hated it when we went to honolulu in 2019 she hated it <laughs> but yeah so i mean we we deal with it the best we could uh you get stir crazy sometimes you know because you're just at home all the time and like you're seeing the other person all the time and it's like just get out of my face you know so there's, there's always gonna be arguments and fights that are probably just because uh you're under so much stress you know that are happening yeah. so you know good moments and bad moments but mostly you know we we did good and we were online a lot and we met a lot of cool people and i feel like we we made a lot of impact on people's lives and and then so also there's comedians that i met from other you know the other side of the country or from texas or from new yeah. york yeah. or from uh, south dakota or ohio or you know whatever and it's like yeah i probably would have eventually met those people but what i have made the connection that i actually did make because we were able to hang out and talk online yeah definitely and you know i think um for myself as well starting this podcast you know i'm speaking to a lot of inspirational people and it was john jonathan goodman from canada he said you know is it john goodman uh, Jonathan Goodman, John Jonathan Goodman, yeah. Not the the not the John Goodman, right? The he runs the PTT. Oh, he's not an actor, no. <laughs> he writes a lot of books, though. Okay. <laughs> he played Fred Flintstone in the Flintstones movie. John. Goodman. <laughs> I'll try and get him. Who knows? <laughs> I'll try and get him mine too. So basically, he says like you're sitting online, right? So say 
say you went to a convention and you're, you're meeting all these, you know, comedians, right? You would maybe have time for a quick hello, how are you doing? And then maybe time for a quick photograph, but you're not getting that connection. Whereas yeah. now, you know, we're sitting online, maybe talking an hour, two hours on Zoom, and you're finding out a lot more, and you're actually getting mentored for free online. <laughs> you know, yeah, which no, awesome. like in a way, the, the Zoom interaction is a lot more intimate. No, definitely. Because, and, like, I'm at home, right? So I'm comfortable. You're at home. You're comfortable. Yeah. But we're not at this weird place, and and it's just, oh, hello real quick, and then whatever. You know, absolutely. And that, I think a lot of those people that I met online, you know, whether they're from Vegas or from Seattle or whatever, like, I even if I just met them in a bar, it would have been just hello and goodbye. Yeah. Uh, totally. Instead of, like, spending hours online just talking to them and hanging out and becoming really good friends. No, totally. Because I think as well, if you're at a bar, sometimes you're in a rush and you're, you're thinking about your set and, you know... You're right, you got other things in your mind. Yeah, definitely. So, Completely. for yourself, Sam, what's your take on, your personal opinion on mental health? Um, it's a weird thing. It's a tricky thing. Mental health is very important. And, uh, you know, checking on your friends, checking on your friends, even if they don't, if they don't seem like they're depressed or they're in a bad place, just check on them, just message them privately. How you doing? Um, but a lot of times we're going to say, oh, I'm good when they're not, you know, so it, it's a tricky thing. Um, my mental health wanes, it varies. Sometimes I feel like, oh, right, I'm the most, you know, I'm mentally headstrong person in the world. And sometimes I feel like, oh, everybody hates me, you know, um, but that's what depression does to you, you know. Yeah, one yeah. thing one thing that uh, it does to you is it makes you feel um, that people would be better off without you uh, is one thing and or, or people don't care or people don't need you around things like that. And that's, that's, what's the hardest thing about it. Cause a lot of people feel like that and they feel so alone. Right. Yeah. But in a way we, we, you're not thinking about in the moment is that we all feel like that sometimes, like everybody feels like that. Sometimes you're not alone. you you know, so even if you feel like, Oh, I'm alone. Nobody understands me. Nobody likes me. That's, that's probably not the case. And just reach out to one of your friends and just, you know, have a conversation and just try to get it off your mind. No, totally. And for yourself. Yeah. But a lot of people, I lost, we lost a lot of comics, comedians to suicide, uh, you know, over the pandemic, uh, all in all, right? But over the pandemic, um, a lot of people, even people that I met online that I didn't even know in person, we lost them to suicide. And it's, it's really sad. It's really sad. Uh, one of my better friends, he passed away. I don't know if it was suicide or not. I, I really don't know the details. I, I'm assuming it was. Um, but that's sad, you know, and then another, I had a really, really good friend and this is before the pandemic, you know, he committed suicide too. And, um, I knew he was from Australia and I was really good friends with him online. Yeah. Um, and it's sad to see, you know, somebody like that. Cause he seemed like he was so happy, you know, he had a baby and, and, um, he was working for a wrestling company and he was just living his dreams and, you know, he was doing what he wanted to do. And we were fellow podcasters, so that's how I knew him. Yeah, and it was yeah. really sad to see him go. And it's like, you go, why? You know, why? And he probably felt that nobody wanted him around. And, you know, that's probably what happened. And, and he probably just went with it, you know, whatever yeah. the case was. Um, but that's not that's not true. People do want you around. And, you know, uh, every, you know you're, so you're out there listening to somebody. Somebody loves you. Go, go find them. <laughs> nah, definitely. I love that. And... We'll, we'll keep this one around comedy. So for yourself, 
what's your bad habits within comedy? So it's funny. Um, I have a couple of bad habits. One of them is, is, is walking around a little bit too much, pacing back and forth a little bit too much. Yeah. And another one is playing with the mic cord, <laughs> right? So I'll play with the mic cord. I'll fidget with, the, with it or I'll fidget with the mic stand. Yeah, I, I fidget a lot, and that's that's a problem because it's distracting to me. I feel like it's distracting to the audience. Um, but when I started doing comedy again, I went out to do comedy for the first time in June of 2021, right? Because we had we had a good yeah. summer, um, and so I started doing comedy again in June of 2021 in person. And I did a few shows. I did like maybe like five or six shows in like a month or something like that. And I noticed that Zoom really changed me because when you're on Zoom. You got to stay in the frame because if I'm walking around, I'll be like over here telling a joke. Then you're like, hey, what, what, what the heck is he doing? You know, so yeah, I can't walk yeah. around on Zoom. I got to stay in frame, even if I'm like way back here, you know, like even if I'm like across the room, I got to just I got to stay in frame. And then another thing is, is like my microphone is just it's a microphone and just sitting on my desk. So technically, there's no mic cord to play with. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not holding a microphone. I have a microphone on my desk. I mean, I, I could hold it if I really wanted to. But like, I feel like I, I, the, the, the Zoom and the pandemic really helped me to beat those, those dirty habits. Okay. And then if we put it in another context of comedy, what's your personal pet hates, your pet peeves with comedy? The things like other people? Yeah, the things you hate. I really hate it when people laugh at their own jokes. You know, because when I'm up there, like, I'm the straight man. You know, I, I tell a joke. And then I just tell it, you know, I, I, I tell it. And, but there's a lot of people out there who laugh at their own jokes. And like, that really bothers me, especially if they're laughing more than the audience. Like, these are your jokes that you've said a million times. You know them. You're laughing at them because you're, a lot of times a, a comic will laugh at their own jokes to, to cue the audience to laugh. This is when you should be laughing, right? And so, yeah. I don't know, that bothers me is when they laugh at their own jokes. Um, I don't know, just sometimes I'll just sit up there and be like, oh, this person's so stupid. You know, like, I don't know. Just like some like dumb things that people say sometimes uh, really bother me. Um, there's a lot of um, a lot of easy jokes. And as a uh, as a security guard at a comedy club, there's this one joke that I've been seeing a lot from comics. And it's, it's, it's always different, but it's the same. Okay. Uh, so that is up and so I just, I just, come on, write better material. Yeah, no, definitely. And do you feel within comedy, people tend to, well, what you've just said, they kind of steal other people's ideas and they just change the wording slightly? I don't think, even think they were stealing the idea. I think they, they thought of it independently, but it's just like, you saw some of other people's jokes. It's like, you know, it's, it's just, just, just don't even do that concept, yeah. you know? whatever um and, and so there's a lot of times where you don't steal a joke necessarily it's just an easy joke to do yeah I'm... and then another thing that really bothers me is shock humor where people just like say shocking things because um the, the audience will laugh out of being nervous out of like nervous laughter yeah and they think that that's 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 getting laughter and they think that's making them succeed but i feel like it's not yeah and you know obviously you mentioned earlier your favorite comedian of all time do you Mitch have, Hedberg. yeah. So, do you have a comedian that you absolutely hate? That you, their jokes are that terrible that. Oh, um, what's his name? Uh, Sam Kinison. Okay. A lot of people don't like the fact that I don't like him. 
he's a funny guy i'm not gonna say that he's not a funny guy because he is but he's always screaming and i hate that <laughs> i hate the scream <laughs> so if you could pick one memory of your comedy journey what would it be well if i could pick one what one gig your your favorite gig of all time that you've done oh mine um i don't know my favorite one of all time um yeah, I don't know. I have a lot that I like. Um, yeah. I think, I guess my bouncer joke, because I've been telling it for a long time, it's like one of my classic ones, where I say that my friend told me that he got a job as a bouncer. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I'm a bouncer too. But he didn't believe me. So I wrote him a check. <laughs> and because, you know, the check will bounce, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's 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 one that I wrote that a yeah. long time ago that I've been telling that I really like, a classic. Okay. And for yourself and obviously your wife you're, you're still you know on the set you know still performing you've got your own show now so where would you like to see your show in the next year or two on a weekend <laughs> you know <laughs> i'm getting my show on a comedy club sure I, that's great right it's on a wednesday yeah. uh, which is cool because you know that's my level that's where i am you know i'm not i'm not a headlining famous comedian or anything but someday I will be, and someday my I'll be featured at the club on a Friday night and a Saturday night and a yeah. Sunday night. You know, I'll, I'll be all weekend. Hey, see me all weekend, um, and that'll happen someday. It really will. It really will. I don't know when, but it will. Yeah, and for yourself. So obviously, you've got a busy lifestyle. You know, working, and you know, you're, you're still performing gigs online and sometimes in bars as well. So. How do you fit the time in to do a bit of writing? I don't. I really don't. I mean, <laughs> um, so I'm not, so there's there's different kinds of writers, you know. Um, I'm not a, I'm going to sit down and write a joke. I'm more of like, I'm an inspired writer. And so I'll, I'll say something funny and they go, oh, that's really funny. And then I'll write it backwards, you know, and then I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll get there. I'll get, this is what I want to use as a punchline. How do I get there? And so I'll do that, you know, like um, the, the one I just told the bouncer joke, I really did have a friend who was a bouncer and I really did tell him that I was going to write a check. Like that's just something I, I said in conversation to him. Um, like one of my jokes that somebody told me that they really liked was one where I say, um, my wife, my wife asked me if I was embarrassed to kiss her in public. And I was like, no, not at all. And she goes, okay, well then kiss me. And I'm like, I will just, just wait for all these people to leave. <laughs> but that was a real conversation that we had yeah you know i ah, get and then you know obviously you're you're online social media so if people want to check you out online where can they do that uh at funky sam medina right behind me basically that's on my social media oh is this video or just audio uh, no both it's one both okay so yeah it's right behind me at funky sam medina that's all my social medias and then uh also i'm going to be on uh uh, at hypothetical comedy so you can look up hypothetical comedy on facebook hypothetical comedy on instagram and that's everything we do like we do we do online shows we do uh in-person shows we do like game night on zoom. i do thursday night i do a game night on zoom we do like just zoom hangouts yeah um, we do uh podcasts there's podcasts there so we do all kinds of cool fun stuff so i'm super excited um you know hopefully people will check it out Nah, fantastic. It's been awesome to have you on my show, Sam. So Thank you, man. I appreciate you having me.
I hope I was able to inspire people. And like the whole thing, like about my eyes, you know, like I brought that up because um, that's something I really had to work hard my whole life to just kind of like be equal to other people in a way. Like if, yeah. if you and I were like, hey, let's go meet at the mall, right? You know, you would leave 15 minutes before we were going to meet and you would drive to the mall. I would leave an hour and a half before we had to meet and walk to the bus stop. And it's just, it's, it's, you know, it's different. It's different. It's a different yeah. lifestyle. And so um, um, it's just, you know, every day going back and forth to work and things like that for a long time. And it's just a different lifestyle. And so I feel like I did kind of overcome something, you know, I mean, I'm not like a celebrity, like rich person, whatever, whatever, but like, I'm just a regular dude. And I felt like I was able to kind of just tailor my life around a situation that is out of my control. No, definitely. And, you know, you know, going back to, you know, going from, you know, school and then obviously you've got pro had problems with your eyes. You, you, know, yeah. you can't get a driving license. However, you know, you've achieved so much, you know, you know, you're still working. You've, you've got to still get to work every got, day. I don't want know, to. You've got a wife. Yeah, I still do. And, and you're doing the thing you love. You do comedy. So, yeah. you know, um, if that's not you being inspiring to someone, I don't know what is. But I um, appreciate it. I appreciate before we round up, Sam, have you got any questions for myself? Um. So, uh, how how long ago did you do comedy? Um. So, oh God, um, I'm trying to think. So that must have been, I want to say, 2018. I, I started. Okay, so not too not too long ago. And then, have you ever considered doing online stuff during the pandemic? Um, oh, I was just no, honestly, I was probably so busy. Um, yeah, because yeah. what I do is so through the pan pandemic, lost my word in there. Um, I was followed from work, so I work as a gym instructor, and so to basically get through the pandemic for my own mental health. Is uh, sorry, is a gym instructor like the same as a personal trainer? Yeah, yeah. So, so okay, okay, go on, go on. So effectively, a gym instructor. So I'm contracted. Uh, I've got a contract job, but I do personal training as well. So, um, my, you know, fingers in a lot of pies, <laughs> basically. <laughs> Not the gym, right? None of the gym, I hope. <laughs> um, so basically, I've done a lot of free online classes um, to keep my my okay. mind sane. Uh, during the pandemic but you know I've still got a lot of comedy books you know it was the you know the person who inspired me to do uh, stand-up comedy I listened to Kevin Bridges and so he's big in Glasgow so I listened to him his audio book about how he um, got into comedy so it was his story I used to listen to that when I was go, go running and then I don't know it ended up it planted a seed in my head and then one day I woke up like, ah, I need to go and try this. That's awesome. That's awesome. We, uh, one of the things that really inspired us to get back into it in 2019 was we went to go see one of our friends perform at the Sacramento Punchline and the place was packed and it was a really good show. And on the drive home, uh, I told my wife and I was like, hey, uh, the whole time I was picturing myself on stage and she's like, so was I. Yeah. That kind of helped us inspire us. So yeah, go to a comedy show. I don't know how safe it is out there for you right now. You know, COVID stuff. I don't know, you know what you guys are going through right now. It's getting worse here. Yeah, um, well, and well, obviously you mentioned um, you guys are going back to working from home. Is that what yeah. So well, I'm gonna get a job, and the job is currently working from home. Okay. Getting soon. So as of Monday past, the UK 
has went opposite. So everyone's went back to offices. <laughs> okay, okay. So, so it's starting to ease up a little bit, the COVID yeah, easing up? Yeah, 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 because um, Omicron is, the, is, you know, going down the way. Um, it's going up here. Okay, okay, you know, it's a, it's a revolving door. <laughs> yeah, it kind of is, it kind of is. And then the next one's going to happen and it, it, all these different waves. And yeah, because... Oh, I'm so tired of it, you know. I'm yeah. tired of wearing the mask. I mean, I'm still gonna do it because it's it's kind of what we need to do. Yeah. But I just one day, like, I'll be able to breathe freely. Well, well, I think you know, I was speaking to someone today, and they were, they were saying they were, they were reading up on the Spanish flu, and saying that you know, normally it lasts around four years of pandemic. So we're maybe wow. halfway there. We've got two years to go. <laughs> but I'm not making any predictions here. <laughs> right. I'm going to hold you to that. I'm going to call you in 2024 and be like, it's still happening. What did you say? <laughs> nah, it's been great. Yeah, no, that's true, though. It does take, it does, uh, you know, when we first shut down, we thought we were going to shut down for like three weeks, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Nah, totally. Um, but no, it's been great having you on the show. Um, thanks Thank for you very time. much. Thank you.